Spring is in the air and so is football. Because football always is. If it's a day that ends in Y, there's football news. There's NFL news, especially this time of year. This is an episode of Mike Drop, a Steelers chat edition of Mike Drop here on Pittsburgh Sports Live and Steelers Now. So that does mean I would appreciate some chatters here. You certainly can chat along, ask me questions, converse with me, go back and forth. We've done this a bunch in the past and we've had success. So why not bring this back? Mostly because I wanted to reset and update where the Steelers currently stand here in the offseason and even what some Rivals, opponents, division foes have done around them. Of course, I'm Mike Osti, and I've touched on this on other shows, on other outlets, certainly amongst our family of networks and even a part of Mike'd Up here on Pittsburgh Sports Live, on Steelers Now, etc. The Steelers, since we last talked, at least in something like this, have added Mitch Trubisky, have signed Mitch Trubisky a couple years. He's a veteran quarterback. Not an elite quarterback by any means. This isn't bringing in Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or even Deshaun Watson, who I will get to in a moment. Rodgers staying with Green Bay, Russell Wilson, going to the Broncos. They do give up what needs to be given up. And the Browns, of course, bring in Deshaun Watson. But does now Mitch Trubisky, the Steelers, likely QB1, what does that do to the rest of the Steelers' depth chart? Dwayne Haskins has been signed. Mason Rudolph is still under contract. Mason Rudolph clearly ahead of Askins the last several years and certainly has been the backup to Ben and has been QB1 when Ben could not go or was not going to go or whatever the case may be. Some like the Mitch edition. I like it, honestly. I don't see how you can hate it. Some absolutely do hate it, though. Some already against the man before he even takes a snap. Maybe no surprise there. This, of course, goes to Mason, goes to Haskins. But it also lends itself to, even if you love the addition, and I do like it based on reality of what they were really going to do and who was out there, likely the Steelers have the worst QB situation in the division. So what does that mean? Other moves the Steelers have made. Miles Jack coming over, very underrated addition to bolster the linebacker crew. But the Ravens, they bolster their secondary with Marcus Williams. That's a big need for them. That's an addition. That's a help for them. So it's another division foe, a division rival getting better. And of course, the Browns also add Amari Cooper, maybe now going to keep Landry. Who knows? So maybe on paper, that team once again is a paper champion. Obviously, the Bengals, the defending AFC champion, certainly still going to be a contender with Joe Burrow and crew. And the Steelers, Joe Hayden, gone. James Washington, gone. He's in Dallas. Maybe a bigger opportunity there finally for him. Juju, gone. He is now in Kansas City. And obviously that's a polarizing announcement for many of Steelers Nation. So again, feel free to chat along. I do see some of you already watching. Feel free to join in. Feel free to ask questions. Feel free to tell me you totally disagree or you agree because I get both of those and this is a different avenue in a different space than, say, Twitter. I don't mind the compliments, and they sometimes do happen here. So that is, in a way, nice to, to see occasionally. But to get us started here, I'm going to touch on Trubisky, and I've touched on this before. I've touched on this on, on Mike Dopp in particular here on this very channel. Many of you subscribers would have probably already heard my opinion there, but I'll just reset here for anyone tuning in again. So I don't see how you can be mad. I honestly don't. I, I, unless you had thoughts of grandeur about adding Aaron Rodgers, who stays in Green Bay, as I said, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, etc. 
okay, if you had thoughts of grandeur, if you're dreaming, if you think all of a sudden they're getting up three ones or they're going to somehow convince a Hall of Famer, okay, I could see being disappointed. Mitch Trubisky and all of them, there's a big difference here. They're here. Mitch Trubisky's down here. I get it. That was never going to happen, though. And I've tried to tell you guys this before. I wasn't trying to just be a you know, media member or be mean. I never thought any of that was really legitimate. And even if Aaron Rodgers didn't choose to, okay, I'll come back to Green Bay, I still didn't think the Steelers' dream was a reality. But nonetheless, unless you had those thoughts of grandeur, I don't know what you're truly upset about. Many of you who wanted anybody but Mason Rudolph are still not loving the Mitch Trubisky edition. Many of you who think Mason Rudolph's the worst in the world, and I do think Steelers fans have been hard on him, have been too hard on him, are waiting way too much of what happened in 2019 when he hadn't played before and was never supposed to play that year. He has got better since then, but I don't buy him as a guy for the franchise or as a QB one that you can believe in. Neither do the Steelers. They've talked about him competing with a veteran, but with Haskins coming back, who knows if Mason Rudolph's going to be the odd man left off and they're going to try to trade him and get value for him. Let him be a backup or have a chance somewhere else. Cause I do think he's better than a QB three in the NFL, even if he's probably likely a career backup, but you know, who knows, or if Haskins is going to end up just being QB three again, or they're going to have Mason and Trubisky compete. Uh, I don't think Trubisky is like Rogers or Wilson. We just hand him the keys to the Cadillac. You're going to have some other competition and maybe you move Rudolph like they did years ago in the Dobbs situation at the end of camp. Maybe his value would even be higher having a solid camp. Who knows how this QB situation is going to shake out. You got to figure you bring in Mitch Trubisky a former first-round pick like Haskins, by the way, so they have three QBs currently on the roster, all at least third-round picks, two of which first-round picks. First day of the draft, basically, for for two of those three and, and first half of the draft for the whole room. So that's a positive, you would think, young QBs. Mr. Bisky, again, 27 years old, a 29-21 and 21 record. He's had a Pro Bowl season. He's led a team with a worse roster than the Steelers currently have in the Bears to the postseason he's helped offer the bears some of the most success they've had in the last decade as they're now you know they're still trying to trek along even though they maybe feel like they at least have a better qb situation who knows though if they do it's not like he had tons of weapons around him at that point he actually played well in a spotty start for josh allen when he was back up with the bills and of course with allen there you're not going to get more than that but has seemingly progressed on the field when given an opportunity and the numbers are kind of there the numbers are not bad this is a guy who's put up some numbers he's had some solid years some years maybe you'd want the interceptions to be lower but we're talking about multiple 3,000 yard seasons and yeah this is a different NFL that's not the same bar it used to be generally elite quarterbacks are throwing 4,000 plus or even 5,000 3,000 isn't anything to necessarily immediately give a raise upon however it was mid 3000s it was 32 to 35 i believe just off the top of my head it wasn't like it was 3001 yard okay he was well in and again mistakes weren't plentiful as you would think for a guy who's so kind of made fun of by by many people around the league and again the wins loss record is actually better than watson and again it's a team game he was on the texans but it's not like 29 and 21 with a playoff berth and a Pro Bowl season is anything to be anything to be embarrassed about. If he was 37, if he was 31, 32, even 29, I could see it. But at 27 years old, you got to figure he has a higher ceiling than Mason Rudolph. You got to figure he's better than Mason Rudolph, even though, again, I do think some people hate on Rudolph too much. It's a bridge. 
This isn't your next Ben. This isn't a guy going to the Hall of Fame. Okay, it took you a long time from Bradshaw to Ben. You're going to take a minute to get to that next guy. I don't think Trubisky's going to be in the Steelers Hall of Honor someday, but you could have worse QBs. There's reason to believe he's going to give you more than Ben gave you, a banged-up Ben, an elder Ben, a Ben who I don't know if he's been 100% and he can't move. He's not been mobile. The offensive line's been bad the last few years, coming off injuries seemingly every offseason. There's reason to believe Mitch Trubisky gives you more than that. But none of it matters unless the offensive line is better, of course, and that's something they are working on. You're going to look to the draft again for that. They need to fix the center position. That didn't work out with Green. So it doesn't matter who's under center if the O-line is as bad as it's been. And they they pulled the Band-Aid on Zach Banner. I love the guy, honestly. Uh, I think a lot of people do, but you had to make that move. I get it professionally. I get it for the Steelers. Couldn't get on the field. Was on more podcasts than, than games played. So that had to happen. And they're retooling. But if the offensive line isn't better, it doesn't matter. But say it's a little bit better. Say we're just talking QB position. How can you be mad, mad with Trubisky? Especially if you don't like Rudolph. You don't want Haskins even because he hasn't proven anything. Maybe you do. But again, he's had his good. He's had his bad. He, Tomlin calls him Mr. Checkdown. He got to prove to them more. And he squandered his opportunity with Washington. It wasn't like he was a victim of how they treated him. Okay. He didn't do things right there either. But Mr. Trubisky had the same hype around him as, as say, Haskins. If they're going to say first round, you got to give him a shot. Well, Trubisky, first round, you got to give him a shot. And $7 million, tons of incentives. It's not like they're breaking the bank for Mr. Trubisky right now. So I don't know how you can really hate that move, honestly. I do see some chatters here. Again, Mike Ostia, Steelers chat edition of Mike Drop on Pittsburgh Sports Live and Steelers Now. Hit that subscribe button, bottom of this video. If you like what you see in here and even if you don't you want to tell me why you don't like it go ahead and subscribe i won't hate it either also again follow us at pgh sports live on twitter at pgh steelers now maybe a more important twitter to follow for this steelers coverage of course and also steelersnow.com for myself and others with the sn crew with our whole offseason coverage and certainly as we head towards the draft okay Deshaun would make us Super Bowl favorites. Well, again, Deshaun's not not in Pittsburgh. So that's just not a reality that we're living in. I do want to kind of address that, though, because I think kind of where, where you're alluding is, okay, if the Steelers would have brought in somebody like Deshaun Watson, if they would have been able to give up draft picks for, say, Russell Wilson, if they would have somehow convinced Rodgers, you want to be in Pittsburgh, you don't want to go back to Green Bay, if they would have just went all in, for a quarterback above Trubisky. Because, I again, I don't think there's a reason to hate Trubisky. I think out of re realistic moves, he's been solid. He's been underrated, arguably. He certainly has a ceiling that's higher than what was there. He could be better. He likes being there. I think the system is a big part of it. You could certainly argue the Bears system wasn't great for him. You could certainly argue he's in a better situation now in terms of stability, top down. So he's not going to get chaos in terms of what they're telling him and the situation he's in. So... There's reason to believe Mitch Trubisky could be better. He's in his prime still. This is, again, years to go. It's not like, okay, whatever he's been, that's it. There's reason to believe that could even be better. I don't think there's too much reason reasonably to hate the Trubisky move as much as some are. Unless you want him to do nothing at QB, which I could see that argument. Maybe just let Rudolph be a bridge for a year or so. Maybe win seven games. Trubisky wins you nine or ten. Maybe you want to actually win less. But, of course, they don't. Tomlin's not going to do that. They don't want to do that. Colbert doesn't want to leave doing that. And I do believe it's a better bridge now than what it would have, would have been. But we'll see what happens in camp and who competes and who's on the roster, et cetera. But in terms of that comment, 
I don't believe the Steelers are winning the Super Bowl this year, regardless of the quarterback position. Number one, as I said before, the offensive line has to be better or it doesn't matter. If you put Watson on this current team, so Juju gone, Washington gone, the O-line is what it is. You add Jack, you're still going to make some moves. You have money, you're going to the draft. You know the Bengals are the class of the division in the conference right now. You know the Ravens have improved, even though they seemingly are always knocking at the door but can't get over the hump, and last year took a step back. You know the Browns are looking to be solid on paper, but of course, for this conversation, you'd be plucking Watson off and have Baker there. So that's a whole drama that I they're probably talking about on some Browns digital outlets that I, I almost would love to be a part of. I'll touch on that a bit later, but that that that's just a sitcom right now. Uh, talk about Asinine. I like what's Asinine. I appreciate what Asinine. What's Asinine? That's been Asinine, folks, and and you know the story there. But do the Steelers win a championship by putting Watson on? Just Watson on the team, if they had the same deal as the Brown, because it wasn't like it was a bank breaker or it was a bank breaker, but it wasn't like it was a, a a value breaker in terms of a myriad of draft picks like the Matthew Stafford or Wilson, et cetera, like some thought. So it, it was financially a bank breaker, though. Number one, the Watson situation, and I was going to touch on this later, but it's a part of this answer. It's very likely he's still suspended by the NFL just because he didn't go to court or didn't get didn't get indicted. He went to court, but just because he didn't get indicted, just because he wasn't officially charged, just because it wasn't a court case, like say Kobe Bryant flying back and forth to court while playing in the NBA, we're not going to see that at least legally. I mean, there could be civil lawsuits, but just because that's not occurring, that doesn't mean the NFL can't punish. Okay. Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger at a similar point in his career, by the way, who arguably accomplished more at that point, suspended four games by the NFL without ever being charged. And yeah, he had multiple incidents, but Deshaun Watson, we have 22 accusers right now, and who knows who hasn't come out or what's going on. And again, I'm innocent until proven guilty. So if there's not charges, there's not an indictment. I'm not going to sit here and talk like he's 100% guilty or not. I don't know. Obviously, it looks bad. I have my own opinion on it. And I know Browns fans have their own opinion and that's polarizing and that's a decision there that they've made and certainly has separated them amongst and divided much of that fan base. And there's hypocrisy there, by the way, any Browns fans out there that want to talk about Ben or wanted to bring up Ben or have been bringing up Ben for years. I'm sure you Steeler fans know about all of this when you go back and forth, oh, Ben and what he was accused of. And that's always brought up. Well, if you're going to defend your guy now in Watson, if you're going to be happy about Watson being there, that's hypocritical, period end of story it is it's now hypocritical if you're gonna do that then it's hypocritical so that's to know Browns fans you want to be hypocrites fine and maybe some of you are not and some of you are upset right now and some of you didn't want Watson but if you're if, if you've been somebody that's thrown Ben at Steeler fans that have believed what he was accused of that have called him guilty for what he was accused of even though he was never actually found guilty and there were no charges like the Watson situation, but you're going to defend your guy Watson. You're going to be happy about this move and you're going to ride that to wherever it takes you and say that it's wins and say that it's the playoffs. You're going to be cheering for that guy. Then you're a hypocrite, period, period. However, I don't think Watson on the Steelers with this roster, knowing the situation, immediately knowing everything else around the league makes them winning a championship. I, I mean, I get it. if you're Cam Hayward, you want that. I'm not saying that you wouldn't. It's not been positive for teams throughout history when you bring in an elite QB, even at the end of their career, that those couple of years, it can be a game changer. You don't know. Certainly would make the team better than as it stands. 
I could see arguments for, for going all in. If you truly feel like you have a chance, like the Rams, they truly felt like they were, they had a chance and they were QB away and they were in the Super Bowl recently. Of course, Minnesota brought Favre in after he had his Jets situation. They thought they were QB away. They were a, a play away and a mistake by Favre away from going to the Super Bowl, but it was off a great year from Favre. Increased his legacy, got them in, in it. They had a chance they hadn't had before. I get it. Joe Montana went to the Chiefs, had success, their AFC title. The Buccaneers, the Suckaneers, they hadn't been good since the early 2000s since Gruden for a decade plus. He gets there, wins them a championship. It will allow other great players to want to be there and take less to be there. You saw that again the second year with Brady in Tampa. And again, are seeing it now once he comes back. Others who are going to leave are now wanting to come back. So I get it. A QB can be a life changer, and Watson would have been younger. Maybe he would be that guy. Maybe you could go like the Colts did from Manning to Luck or Favre to Rodgers or Montana to Young. Maybe that could have been Ben to Watson. And you already dealt with it, so it wouldn't be as hypocritical, even though the Brown situation certainly is. I get it. But I don't think the Steelers roster was winning a championship right now anyway. I think they think of this as more of a bridge. I think they're still trying to go into maybe next year's draft and find their guy in a deeper draft. They are rumored to still be in love with Willis. Maybe they could still trade up and get a QB. Pickett's there as well. I never thought any of that was going to happen. I don't see the Steelers trading up for somebody. I don't see the Steelers getting somebody in the draft this year. I think they have other needs. They're going to replace that other need in other needs. If they sit at 20 and they don't trade up, they're not getting Pickett. They're not getting Willis. They're not going to be there, period, point blank. They never were, but now they have a young QB who they can build around a former first rounder. I think they do believe in Mitch. They do believe the system will be better with them. And they do believe that they can have this, they're not going to win two games. They're not going to win three games. It's going to be a seven to 10, maybe who knows more. They feel like they can contend. They can win some games. They can have this be a not embarrassing bridge. And that's Steelers. That's the Steelers way. And of course, maybe that is something you guys would rather than just win two games and get a solid draft pick spot. They weren't going to do that, but this is mostly a bridge, but they just aren't going to trade that many picks. I'm sure they thought that the, the, it was going to be too much. They're not, they're not going to, Go all in. Those, those moves just weren't realistic. And is this a championship-ready team like the Rams were when they brought in Stafford? I don't know, man. They're losing in the first round. They're missing the playoff. That's the last few years, okay? You got back-to-back first-round losses. You missed the year before when Ben was out, even though you were a game away from missing. I could see an argument that maybe a quarterback would change your life, but they just weren't going to do it. It wasn't realistic. It was fool's gold. It was a waste of breath, half of those conversations. Back to the chat now. Do you think we'll draft one or two receivers in this year's draft? So the Steelers, do you think you draft one or two receivers in the draft? I think you're definitely getting one. It depends on the depth of the draft. I don't know about two in terms of overall receivers. They rarely dip into draft two individual receivers in a draft, but obviously they do like drafting receivers high. We've seen it with Claypool. We saw it with Juju. The Steelers have done one thing that nobody can deny very well over the last 10 15 plus years, certainly the Kevin Colbert regime, which looking at his resume as an executive, certainly it's borderline Canton hall of fame caliber, if not is a hall of fame caliber resume. And he's going to be there through the draft, not after the draft. So he will be part of this, even though Con and others and whoever end up being there, their name that after the draft, this is collaborative, but he's certainly involved now. And the Steelers again have done one thing. Well, over the last two decades, certainly under Colbert, and that's draft receivers, 100%, from Plexigo Burris to Antonio Brown. And this is in no particular order, of course. Plexigo Burris, Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Juju, Chase Claypool, 
Santonio Holmes ended up being a Super Bowl MVP. Two of them ended up being <laughs> great players on teams that won championships, even Bur- even though Burris was with the Giants and, and, and caught game winners. So, again, they've been able to draft receivers and do that well. And, yeah, Claypool needs to be better. Yeah, Juju was never what he was with A.B. after those first two years again, and we saw that with value. But the Steelers can draft receivers and replace it, and it's a position in the NFL that you can replace quickly. Okay, whether you're bringing somebody in, whether it's someone you're drafting, receiver is usually a deep position in drafts in the league. It's usually a quicker situation you can replace. So that that's part of why you don't just go give a bank to Juju and bring and it wasn't important to bring Juju back, to be honest with you. James Washington gets another opportunity, gets a bigger opportunity elsewhere. You would figure was never going to get more in Pittsburgh, but very talented. And Juju's a great slot receiver. He does maybe get more hate than he deserves from fans. He also gets defended by everybody no matter what, which I think is annoying as well because he's not immune from criticism. He's not perfect. He wants to be on the outside. He's better on the inside, etc. And I'll get to that more in depth here in a moment as well. But they're going to draft at least one receiver early. So there's a take that kind of answers it. I don't know about drafting two overall in a deep draft when they have other needs. They always can replace receiver. They always can draft receiver. But I especially would not be surprised at all that if they do not move off pick 20, if they do not trade up for a Willis or a Pickett or even trade back because that's on the board and maybe get two early second round picks rather than have that at pick 20 in the first round, wouldn't be shocked if they draft a receiver. At all. I know some are talking O-line, some are talking center, some are talking defensive players. I would not be shocked at all if the Steelers do not draft a receiver there, especially bringing in now Mitch Trubisky at 27 years old. Again, not 29, 30, 31, or 32. He is still young enough in his prime. He's done it before. He can be better and likely QB1 no matter what happens with the rest of the depth chart. So I feel like they it's a bridge. It's not a Hall of Famer. They, I think they know that. But I think they're okay there, and they want to build around Mr. Trubisky because I think they also realize that to trade up to get Willis or Pickett, even though maybe they're better for your long-term future, they're going to be giving up a lot, and they have a lot of needs, and they can't afford to do that. So I don't know about two receivers overall in the draft. They have too many other needs. I would probably lean no, but I think they are drafting a receiver early within the first few rounds of the draft, Okay. Back to the chat again, Mike Osta here, Pittsburgh Sports Live, Steelers now, resetting the Steelers offseason to date. They've spent. They spent wisely, honestly, in my opinion. I would grade this offseason as a B plus. I mean, nothing's perfect. A minus, B plus. I don't actually really want to be mad about this current offseason. I figured that Joe Hayden was likely to be gone, certainly if he can get more money elsewhere. The man doesn't play a full season, even though I, he was a joy to cover. A great guy. You wish more for him, but... He's hanging on in the NFL. You make some plays for sure. He's great to have in the locker room, but he's not going to just go ahead and play for league minimum. And he just misses so many games. James Washington wants more opportunity. We knew about the last year situation. I don't even blame him for requesting a trade. Then he wanted more opportunity. He makes plays. He's very talented. He'll get more of that in Dallas. Now you'd figure with what's happened with their receiver room and Juju, I didn't think would even be there this past year. He didn't like some of the offers that came back for Humble Pie. One more year, Ben's still there. Now that Ben's gone, the QB situation's in flux, even though Trubisky's there. They didn't offer him a deal. that Either they didn't offer – listen to his mom, they didn't offer him one at all, or it wasn't close, and, yeah, it's only one year. Maybe he'll come back later. But one year, 
10 mil, but it's really incentive laden. So it's actually less. He has to prove himself again. He's been hurt. He's been 800 yards. His yards per catch has been down the last couple of years. He's not been nearly what he was his first couple of years with AB. So touching on the Juju situation, I'm not surprised he's gone. It's not a big deal that he's gone. He was a great slot receiver, or at least a good slot receiver, if he gets his head on that, because he wants to be an outside guy because the money's there. But he's not breaking the bank. He's not, <laughs> not getting this mega deal that he's been wanting now for a couple of years, talking about being on the outside. He's going to be on the inside and do slot for the Chiefs as well, I'm sure, with Andy Reid. Andy Reid's not dumb. He knows where he's better suited. And they can replace the position, as I said earlier. So having Juju not back, I get some fans love the man. I get some fans hate the man. I think both are way too far on both sides. It was to a point where you couldn't even criticize him or you're just a hater. Or it was to a point that anything you said about him, if he was a good slot receiver, for example, then you're too nice and everyone hates him and you shouldn't be that complimentary because of his off the field. So it was way too polarizing. I was annoyed by it covering him, so I'm not too mad. But in all honesty, even for the fan perspective and for the team perspective, it's going to be a hit. They can replace it. It's a position that you can replace. And he proved nothing to you the last couple of years that warranted giving him tons of money or even worrying about or stressing about it when another team was out there, gave him a deal. He's in the NFL. But, again, it's not the end of the world. Back to the chat, though. Okay, the Steelers need a number one receiver in the draft. What receiver do you like in the draft? As far as number one receiver, I don't know if, if that guy's there. Again, I wouldn't be shocked if they try to go go get one, but the Steelers need number one receiver in this draft. You said that before Juju. People thought maybe that was Juju. Again, with A.B., he was great with A.B., not without. Juju clearly proved he's a number two or three. People thought maybe Chase Claypool could be that guy, kind of a T.O. body, being a beast. Great right away, those four weeks his rookie year. Record setting, he was putting up Moss-like numbers, even though obviously a different type receiver. And dissipated last year. So I actually do believe Chase Claypool can be more than what he was last year and can get a little bit more back to what he was two years ago. I think Chase Claypool can give you more. Deontay Johnson is the number one receiver on this team. So I'll answer it this way. I don't think, even if they do draft a receiver early in these first three rounds, which I think very likely happens unless they trade up for a QB. And we'll get more into draft talk, by the way, on what college players I like. And you, Nick Farabaugh is our draft expert. All of that, as we get closer to the draft, we're going to have draft shows. We're going to have a draft show, whether or not I'm in Vegas or not. We're going to get more into that here as we now have just touched on our first day of spring for this show. So I want to keep this more Steelers and Steelers moves rather than diving fully into college players and the draft. But in particular to the Steelers, they're going to go into next season with Deontay Johnson as the number one receiver and likely leave it that way. Even if they bring somebody in and they have a great year, it's going to be like Chase Claypool or Juju was where they're going to be behind someone else and just have a great rookie type season. Deontay Johnson, I know he dropped balls at the end of the season, but he had a Pro Bowl year. He had a Pro Bowl caliber year before he even was named Pro Bowl after somebody else had to give him a spot, basically. He stepped up most of the year. Now, I get not at the end. I get the drops came back, but he worked his butt off in training camp last year to avoid it. Every time he dropped a pass, he immediately dropped down and do do push-ups. I was there watching it, and he dropped tons of balls the year before, even when he was at that point, maybe some could argue emerging. For the last few years, Deontay Johnson has led the Steelers receiver room, which had depth, in separation. So he was able to separate himself from the corner of the defense better than the others. You could see that whether the yards were there or not. 
those separation analytical numbers were the best for Deontay over Juju, over Claypool, over Washington. So it's not about opportunities or who gets more bulk opportunities so they have more yards. This includes Washington. The separation was better for DJ, which is something you really want in a number one. He had the hand for the most part. Yes, the drops were there, but he also caught some solid balls. And I get even that Detroit game, you could say we went about Mason. If he caught the ball, they likely win it with Boswell kicking the field goal. He had his moments of dropping balls. So did Juju, by the way. But he can catch a football. Okay, it's not like he's dropping every other throw. He was able to be an outside receiver more than some of the others. He proved that. He can win one-on-one battles. He can be an outside receiver. He can make big plays for you, even if he's not, say, again, uh, immediately a top guy taking the top off the defense. Like, say, some thought James Washington could be as such a burner. But Deontay Johnson has emerged. And Ben kind of even alluded to this, said this, made him his favorite target. I agree. The end of the year drops were bad for a number one. You can't keep doing that. And that is a problem if you have another year with all those drops, whether it's beginning, middle, or end of the season, again, too high. A Pro Bowl year is a Pro Bowl year, though. Deontay Johnson has been the Steelers' number one receiver now for a couple of years. He's emerged to that, and he's going to be that again. So no matter who they bring in the draft, Deontay is the number one. Is he the best receiver in football? Is he Adams? No, he is the Steelers' number one receiver. And he likely will be that again. If you bring in somebody to have a monster year like Claypool did his rookie year, Claypool steps up and Deontay stays even what he was last year. That is, again, a solid receiver group, okay? And you figure you're going to have more of a mobile quarterback and the O-line be a little bit better with better center play. Najee, in his second year, he had a solid year as a running back, even though the yards per carry weren't there, the bulk yards were, but he was dealing with a bad offensive line. He should be better if that offensive line is better as well. And collectively, you'd figure that group would be better with another year under Matt Canada, even though Trubisky is getting Matt Canada for the first time. And Matt Canada realizing the error of his way. Some didn't like that he's back, of course. I wasn't surprised by it because he had the excuse of an old quarterback and a bad O-line. But that excuse won't last forever. But this should be a better offense that shouldn't be as abysmal in certain individual games or certain individual halves like it was last year. But Deontay is the number one. He's, you have a Pro Bowl receiver. He is your number one. I mean, going to the defensive side of the football, the draft will be defense-focused, best player on the board, defensive tackle, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, safety, get it round one. Any of those for round one, I guess this person is saying round two for receiver, running back. I don't know how much they're going to focus on running back. Obviously, that was the first-round focus last year and bringing in Najee. They do need more than just Najee. You do need depth there, but they might think they can bring somebody in as a veteran back around the league, somebody late in the draft, outside the draft, somebody gets cut from someone in camp, there's injuries around the league. I don't think they're going to be sweating bullets worrying about a running back this year like last year. To the rest of it, though, is on point. Yeah, defensive tackle, you got to make that, got to make that better. Just overall, defensively, in terms of that line, Stefan it still up in the air. And I have said this too: they got to make a hard, a hard line decision. They got to give him a deadline to make this decision. We hear from some he's totally leaning towards retirement. Some he's coming back. It's been wishy-washy. We thought we had a decision a week or so ago, and then we're sitting here still really unknown. Okay, so I think the Steelers need to put a deadline on Stefan Tuitt and say, "You tell me by this date. If you don't tell me by this date." I'm telling you what our decision is. And it's not being rude. It's I get there's emotions there. It's an injury, but it's also beyond that from what he had to deal with. 
and, and the grief that's there. I'm not insensitive to it. They let him deal with it all of last year. And now we're into another season. And I don't know if he's still dealing with it. There's grief that I'll deal with in my personal life from my dad passing away when I was a kid. We're 20 years later and I'm still dealing with it. But that doesn't mean I can just never show up at work and never do anything and just sit home and deal with it all the time and still collect a check. Eventually, you got to get back in there. So they got to put a deadline on Stefan to it. It just has to happen at some point. It does cripple them to not know what's happening. These tweets I see from people, well, this player and Jack and TJ and this, this and this, and look at Cam here and the old world group and Stefan to it. What a monster what a monster group here from going from the line all the way to linebackers, et cetera. How do you, how could you factor in Stefan to it in that tweet? How do you know? We don't know right now definitively. So unless you're him, unless you're in those inner meetings, you don't know for sure. I got to put a deadline there. And I don't think it's being disrespectful or rude. You got to put a deadline there, but it obviously you'll be bolstered if he does come back even a year off. That was a big loss for the Steelers last year, certainly to the run defense, but defensive tackle, you need some depth there. Linebacker, you need some depth there. But bringing in Miles Jack is a big deal. That's a big sign. You don't need as much depth as you did before by bringing him in. I wouldn't mind another draft pick, a younger draft pick. Obviously, Schobert now out of town. So you lose one Jaguar, former Jaguar. You get another former Jaguar. And Miles Jack with just such a Pittsburgh name, such a Ginzer name. You got guys got to lug that Miles Jack, Jack Lambert. Um you know, Jack Ham, that that's kind of like that, that, that type of name, Mean Joe Green. It feels like such a perfect name for that position and, and just such a Pittsburgh name. But Devin Bush hasn't worked out to this point, obviously. And that was a player that you did trade up for before in a first round of the draft. That was a player you thought could anchor your linebacker room, maybe more of the inside guy, TJ, the outside guy, all the sacks for TJ, and maybe Devin Bush being more of that mental mind game linebacker for you some myself included thought that he looked like a Ray Lewis out there Colin plays right away in rookie minicamp learned all the plays was great right away he's not been that since but there's an ACL injury there and there are many athletes that will tell you it takes usually a year or so from that ACL to be back to what you were the Steelers didn't have the depth they didn't have the health he was hurt recently he wasn't a year out from that there are some built-in excuses there, to be fair, but he got to be much better than he's been. And can't have any more tweets about cats falling to their death. But separate from that, I think he should be better moving forward, wherever he plays in his career. But that does make you want to maybe go back in the draft. Their safety is definitely something. The secondary is definitely something to look for. I would not be shocked at all if it's a defensive-focused draft. Now, obviously, receiver has been brought up a lot in this chat, and they're going to do something at receiver. I don't know if it's the first round pick, but they're going to do something at receiver. Again, they, they're always successful in bringing in receivers in the draft. You can say what you want about Colbert, but that Colbert era for 20 years plus has been great at bringing in receivers. And they got a running back. They now have a young quarterback. If they can bring Pickett or Willis in, okay, fine. If they don't have to give up a haul, if they have to give up a haul, they're not going to do it. They're not going to be there at pick 20, so it's likely going somewhere else. The offensive line probably should be the number one priority based on how bad it was last year and how much that crippled the team. But defensively, they need tons of help, too. You can say they had a great defense. Some nationally do because all the sacks TJ got and defensive player of the year, you figure defensive player of the year is usually on a good defense. Not the case. The Steelers' defense was bad at times last year. 
not fully healthy. Other things went on, but the Steelers defense got to be much better. It's not this vaunted Steelers steel curtain defense that some tell you nationally. You saw that in the games. Okay. So regardless of TJ and he didn't play some games, the defense is not that amazing or else they would have been a better team. The points that were given up were plentiful at times. That's a problem for a defense, regardless of the sacks and the pressure. They didn't get the takeaways they got as much as a couple years ago. Mink has not been what he was a couple years ago, even though he's obviously been solid overall. But they, yeah, definitely. I would not be shocked at all if it's a defensive-focused draft. And now that they have Trubisky, I think that they may make it a defensive-focused draft outside of really trying to improve the line. Those two things, and then receiver might be there with them. So that's why I don't think you're going to get two receivers to answer the earlier question. Uh, Juju, Ray Ray, and James Washington needed to leave a start of a new era. We will draft a receiver in the third or fourth round. Darwin. Yeah, Darwin Nolan in the chat there. So that kind of summarizes what we've been talking about here to this point in the chat and what a lot of others have asked about and talked and talked about and brought up. Yeah, I think that's very reasonable. Okay. If they can't get Pickett or Willis, and they can't trade up, which, again, I don't think is going to happen, and they don't go offensive line, I would not be surprised. Now, my hot take was early. I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if they go receiver with that pick 20 or early in the draft. If I were the Steelers, because they have been able to replenish the receiver well, very well, and they can add to that position easier than others, I would do what you're saying. I would not worry about receiver in the first round. I will get it later. There's more depth next year as well. You can replace that. They have a solid group. Again, DJ, a pro bowler, he's been a number one despite I think he can fix the drops. Claypool can be better. Losing Ray Ray is not that big of a deal as a receiver, maybe as a returner. So I would focus receiver third or fourth round. I agree. I think they may do it earlier, depending on the QB situation and if they can get someone they like as an offensive lineman or center from what I'm hearing, but I would rather than maybe wait if I were the Steelers. I think that would make more sense to wait a little bit. I think they can do that second, third, fourth at the most, get a receiver there, get a solid receiver there, work them, make them better, have them fit in. They've been there and done it before time and time again. You got to have confidence them doing it again. So that's what I would do. But Ray Ray, we already touched on Juju. Okay. He was going to leave. He got a deal. He needs to prove himself in the league. The Steelers were not prioritizing Juju, whether you like it or not. He hasn't proven that the last couple of years. He's a, he's a solid slot receiver. He's not more than that. Raymond McLeod, I think, is underrated to the Steelers. And yeah, he's gone. And he was always going to be gone. And he, he, again, I said this, I'm not, not saying that, that they're not going to miss him as a receiver. Okay, I agree. You can replace Ray Ray as a receiver. He wasn't great as a receiver. And he was that slot guy kind of when Juju left and Juju said he could be that guy for them and he never was anything special even if he was okay at times but as a returner Ray Ray had a solid average okay he never you know gave you maybe the thinking he was going to break one every other return but it's very hard in this era to return the football kickoffs punts etc very hard in this era in comparison to the past this isn't a situation where Deontay Hall if he was playing in this era like he did a decade plus is going to have four returns in a chunk of six, seven games. I don't see it. This is very, very hard in this era to return. So somebody that has a solid average, even if they don't break it for a score, that's a solid returner. That's a guy setting you up. That's field position. It wasn't the field position that sunk this team. It was the offensive play, the play calling, and the offensive line, in addition to some crippling moments at QB, of course, and other ailments, but mostly the O-line again. But 
And Ben, he wasn't nearly good enough at times either. Obviously, I think Trubisky will, will help this team. I think this offense will be better, but we just don't know. If they're not, it doesn't matter positioning, but field position was not the problem. Okay, Ray Ray gave you a solid average, didn't break it. How mad can you be? Are you going to easily find someone that can give you a solid average even if they don't break one? Again, pro bowl returners that break you multiple touchdowns in a year, they don't grow on trees in this area. It's harder in this era. So, I, yeah, it's a new era, fine. But I think they're going to miss Ray Ray a little bit as a returner, even if not as a receiver. They do need to find a slot guy to replace Juju. They will miss his blocking. I get it. But, again, it was just going to happen. It had to end, and they can replace the receiver room. I'm not, I wouldn't be so worried about the receiver room with all the needs the Steelers have. Uh, anything else here, guys? Feel free to fire away. I appreciated this conversation here. Wanted to fire something up. We obviously still have the madness upon us, but we are moving our clocks. We are moving our season as we've been the last couple of weeks. So I wanted to reset where the Steelers are off season wise, how I would grade it, how I evaluate it. And I'm, you know, I'm honest with you guys, you know, this, any, any longtime viewer, listener, reader of mine from wherever I've been in my career, certainly to this channel, you know, I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm going to be honest with you. And if I don't like something, I'll say it. I'm not Mr. Everything's Roses, but I think overall this has been a solid offseason for the Steelers. I would give it around a B plus, maybe an A minus. I do like bringing in Trubisky in terms of reality, realistic moves at the QB position they were going to make. I don't think Pick and Willis are happening. I think there's other needs there. They're going to probably sit at 20 and help those needs. Miles Jack, a very underrated move. They've done certain things. They're still going to be in the thick of things. I think they'll be right in the race, but probably another first-round loss if I had to predict right now, okay? They're not winning a championship, and I don't think that was going to be the case no matter what happened. I see the argument of bringing an elite QB. It helps change life for you right away, but they were never going to do that. I didn't think they were ever going to do that, so it just was never going to happen, so it's a moot point. So anything else you guys have, feel free. I'll hang around here for a little bit longer, but I did want to reset my thoughts, and you've had my thoughts and mic'd up on other shows with me and a co-host or with me appearing on a show, etc. But I wanted to, you know, give you my unfiltered thoughts, just me with you, the fans, with the subscribers, and do another one of these live chats because so much has happened around the Steelers recently. And even though there's madness upon us and college basketball stealing the news with all these upsets and St. Peter's and yeah, a little school from New Jersey in the Sweet 16, that's school for college basketball and all of our covers throughout Pittsburgh Sports Now, WV Sports Now, Nittany Sports Now has been about the transfer portal and not college basketball. And none of those teams, of course, are in the tournament. And any of my colleagues, some of our colleagues here, Happy George and Zach and others, and even Joe, were able, were able to cover an NCAA tournament for the first time professionally and able to have that experience with those games in Pittsburgh. I've done tournaments. I've done NCAA tournaments in college professionally. Did one here. Did one. I was calling games for a team. Did one in college traveling back and forth. Uh, you know, did it all there. So I, I'm I'm happy they get to experience that. So I could sit this one out in, in terms of going for that. But a lot to talk about here for football as well here as the NFL world, the football world, whether it be drama or player movement, it does not sleep for any any tournament. The NCAA tournament years ago could own this time of year. Not now, not against the National Football League. Um, okay. Well, I don't, uh, Ajax, I see what you said there. I'm going to hide it. And yeah, our parental advisory pretty high on this channel for a reason. And no, that wasn't derogatory at me, but I'm not going to read what he wrote there because it was just ridiculous. Um, anything else here? Okay, exactly. We'll draft a receiver in third or fourth round, which we have, which we have two picks and we replace Ray Ray. 
Okay. Yeah. So again, and yeah, again, you bring in another move there with an addition of a similar type of guy there from the Patriots. So yeah, that's absolutely a valid point. Again, he's replaceable, but as a returner, I'm not sure. I think you're going to miss something from Ray Ray. Um, I love Ben, but he held back Deontay and Claypool. We have Anthony Miller, who was great for the Bears at the other end of that. And then we just get a Mooth. Yeah, well, on the Mooth point, Pat Fryermuth. Okay. Everyone knew he had hands before entering the National Football League at Penn State. He had hands. A colleague of mine, a former member of our network, immediately upon a Steeler fan, immediately upon that news, the Steelers drafted Fryermuth, which was surprising for some because maybe that wasn't a position of absolute need with Ebron still there and, and needing a lot else immediately thrilled everyone was because he's a solid pass catcher and he's proven that he became Ben's favorite there in the red zone for a while. He can only, he can only step up more. I think Frat Friermuth is going to be one of the better pass catching tight ends in football for years to come. He can give you more. He will give you more. He will help Trubisky. Friermuth is going to continue to be a, a beast and a guy you like. He can be a Pro Bowl tight end. I really feel like that ceiling is there for Pat Friermuth. But he also was a solid blocker last year. So, yeah, you're losing Juju's blocking ability separate from as a receiver. Pat Fryermuth surprised me and many others as a blocker. He was brought in as a pass-catching tight end. They needed blocking help, which was, again, why some said, okay, great, pass-catching tight end. He's a great individual player at Penn State and in college, but they already have that in Ebron. He can't block. He doesn't want to block. Fryermuth never blocked in college. They're losing a blocker who retired at the time in Vance McDonald. You got to get a freaking blocking tight end. They need some blocking when you have a Matt Canda system, especially the O-line being so inexperienced. The offensive line was not good. They didn't block well. Ben wasn't able to move around. You need a blocker. Well, Pat Frywith actually stepped up and was solid as a blocker, okay? There were some really special blocking plays if you study the tape from last year. So overall, he actually can be a solid player for you, the tight end as a blocker and a pass catcher. Catcher, and I would not be shocked at all if he has a Pro Bowl season next year. The sky is the limit for him as far as Ben holding the receivers back. Look, again, to be fair to Ben Roethlisberger, he's a Hall of Famer. Certainly, uh, for my money, the greatest Steelers quarterback of all time, despite Bradshaw having more rings. The numbers are there. He did more individually. His team wasn't always as stacked to say Bradshaw's one was in that 70s era. It was a harder era to win in this one. He has the two, even though obviously Brady and Peyton Manning were in that same era. He was good enough for you, even before he was elite. Then he became elite for a while, underrated, never an MVP, but then a Hall of Famer, okay? 60-plus thousand passing yards and two rings. Only Brady and Peyton Manning did that, along with Ben, throughout league history. Hall of Famer. First round, first ballot, right away. Now doesn't have to have Tom Brady steal the spotlight from him, nor Aaron Rodgers. So there's reason to celebrate Big Ben on the field. But the last few years, obviously, at yeah, 2019, where he was really hurt, two years ago, for a while, the team was getting wins, and they had that 11-0 start, but he wasn't asked to do that much. Once he started being asked to do a lot, he was not nearly as good. You saw that he got exposed and then was really bad, of course, in that Cleveland playoff game. Came back, kind of called their bluff, I'll take less and come back. Didn't want to go out the way he went out there on the field against the Browns. And it was an okay year. There were great moments at times. There was that special Monday night football game, his last game in Pittsburgh. He wasn't horrendous. I think he was better in terms of taking care of the football better. Because prior to the, even the 2019 injury, he got into that Brett Favre mode where being a little bit too much of a gunslinger. He wasn't that last year. He took care of the football a little bit better, certainly better than that Browns playoff game. But he wasn't mobile. 
So to be fair to what you're saying, yeah, I think Trubisky will be better than what Ben's been the last few years. I think it already is a QB upgrade. And with the offensive line being in the state that it was, you have an old quarterback who's no longer mobile and an O-line who is very inexperienced and bad. That was a recipe for disaster. That's why Canada's back. That's an excuse for Canada. That's a legitimate one, honestly. And that's really the problem for the Steelers last year. It's that simple. The offensive line was not good. And Ben Roethlisberger was not mobile. If you have a QB who's not mobile, and Mr. Risky is a little bit, I'm not saying he's a Mike Vick burner or he's Willis, but he can move around. That's what Pickett can also do, by the way, in the talk in the draft. That's the difference. When the Steelers say they want a mobile QB, they don't mean Mike Vick. They don't even mean Lamar Jackson. They want a guy who can move around a little bit and he can help Claypool and help those receivers and whoever else and Deontay Johnson and company by allowing them more time to get separation from the defender, from the corner, from the safety, whoever, and, and get more time. A guy who can create space away from the pocket, can run outside the pocket, can use his legs, can be immobile a little bit. I'm not saying run 30 yards. I'm saying make it easier on the receivers like you're bringing up there off that point. I think that's what you're alluding to. Allow the receivers to have more time to create space, to get open, and help the offensive line. So, yes, Ben could not do that the last couple of years. He did hold the team back in that regard. He wasn't as horrendous as some say. He wasn't nearly as good as some thought at times. He is a Hall of Famer, and you appreciate that. But at the end, he could not move, and the offensive line did him no favors by how bad and inexperienced they were, losing Pouncey a year before his last year obviously was a big deal and hurt Ben a lot. So he did hold the receivers back. That's just being honest. That's just being true. He gave them no time to move around and you would figure a younger QB who's a little bit more mobile, regardless of who it is, will give those receivers more time to create separation, to get in space, to get open and even help the offensive line a little bit as well. Again, Mike Oste here, Pittsburgh sports live Steelers. Now this is a Steelers live chat here of mic drop after 13 signings we are better than we were in 2021 the Steelers right now are a better team than they were last year I do think yes they bolstered a little bit of the defense especially the linebacker crew they have a better more mobile younger quarterback the O-line should be a little bit better it's at least going to be stable you go into the draft you can get more pieces in the draft and the individual young players like Najee Harris Pat Fryermuth, etc they should step up and even be better than they were last year so on paper you would figure this is a better team than last year. But again, that doesn't mean they're winning a championship. It might not even mean they make the playoffs or go anywhere in the postseason. But the overall offseason at this point, this team has got better. Okay. What position do you think are priorities for depth? Um, I, I can't wait to see him out there again. I'm assuming that means Pat Frymuth off your earlier comments. So yeah, I think he can only get better and be one of the best in the league. I 100% believe that. And this will be the last one I'll read here on this edition of the Steelers live chat. Trubisky will surprise a lot of people, but we need our defense to be elite. Sign Tyron Matthew and Hanks, blah, blah, draft well and all the positions we mentioned earlier. We will surprise the NFL. I'm not nearly as optimistic as you about signing Tyron Matthew. I don't know if that's going to happen. Honey Badger, that's another one of those big slash moves. The Steelers don't really do that. I know they did it with Minka, but I, I don't know if I'm going to bank on that happening. But yeah, of course, that would help the team. Um, they do have need all those positions you're mentioning. They do need defensive help. It might be a defensive heavy draft. They may focus there, especially if they can't trade up for the QB and they're happy with Trubisky. I think they are. So O-line and a lot of the defense. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I don't think they're going to be nearly as good and as optimistic as you're saying, 
But and I don't think the defense is going to be elite. I think it's very hard to be an elite defense in this era. This is an offensive era. It's been an offensive era. The days of the 85 Bears and 2000 Patriots where a defense single-handedly leads you to a title or even more recently, the, the, the Broncos championship with Peyton Manning when he really wasn't that good his final year, probably gone. Those days are probably gone. Even the Rams winning with Von Miller's addition to Aaron Donald, of course, they had star players on the defense. They wouldn't have won without what the offense did. And their defense wasn't truly elite overall numbers wise, even though they had great individual defensive players, of course. Aaron Donald's been the best defensive player in the last several years, but the defense hasn't always been the best in football, nor has it really ever been. So collectively, I don't think the defense is going to be a lead at all. There's still holes there. There's still problems there. There's still not depth there at all. They need much more depth in the secondary. I don't know if they're going to find it. They seemingly always need more depth in the secondary. They probably need more receiver depth, even though DJ has been merging as a number one and I think Claypool will be better, but you lose what you lose. They're going to need depth there. They're going to draft some, maybe one in the draft, but they, they need depth there. Um, and the offensive line, they still need more there. <laughs> Obviously bringing in Chooks core for getting rid of Zach Banner. You still need more there. Uh, they need even more depth on the defensive line. That's a big deal, especially with Cam. How much older, how much more can you expect from a guy his age? Defensive tackle. How much more can you expect from Cam Hayward at his age? Depth taxes in him making plays, but eventually he'll slow down. They need depth on the line. And the linebacker crew has, they've added depth now with Miles Jack, but there still could be more depth there because you're going to deal with injuries. And last year when Devin Bush got hurt and again, Spillane was getting time, they've dealt with tons of injuries and they haven't had depth. So TJ needs edge rushing depth. It needs to be more than just him, even though he loves the sacks. You need edge rushing depth. You need somebody else to get you sacks and get you pressure outside of just him. We have to sign Tyron. This AFC is loaded with lead QBs. Yeah, I think it's point blank simply. And I said this at the top of this show. I like the addition of Mr. Trubisky. I think it was a realistic, safe, positive bet that improves the team. Okay. And you're not breaking the bank. It's mostly incentive-laden, $7 million. That's nothing for QBs these days. They had tons of cap space. I think the Mitch Trubisky edition was a good decision. But at the end of the day, regardless of what you think about Deshaun Watson, because as I touched on earlier, it does make Browns fans hypocritical if they're going to root for Deshaun Watson, and they were telling you about Ben for all those years. It does make the Browns better. He certainly is a solid quarterback, if not an elite QB. He's shown you that at times when on the field, even though you may forget after him sitting out a year. There are weapons there. He's going to be he's, – he's better than Baker Mayfield, okay? He's going to give you a better chance than Baker Mayfield. Joe Burrow, an elite quarterback, only two years in, leads the Bengals to their second franchise Super Bowl ever, the first time since 88. They've never won before, and he almost led him to a title. The guy always wins. His rookie year, he would have been offensive rookie of the year if he stayed healthy. Tons of weapons there still. Yeah, they need the offensive line to be much better or he'll get killed, but Burrow's going to certainly be an elite quarterback again, you'd imagine. Lamar Jackson, a former MVP. Who knows if he'll play forever, but they've they've done some things to make not as much pressure on him now, and you still got to bump him ahead of Mr. Trubisky for what he's done in this league. So the Steelers fairly have the worst QB situation in the division right now. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I like the addition of Mitch Trubisky, but it also is factual that the Steelers are going to enter the 2022 season very likely with the worst QB situation in the AFC North. Okay, Watson, Burrow, and Lamar Jackson. 
all better than Mr. Trubisky. Sure. But they have tons of needs. If they improve the rest of it, it's a bridge. It's a better situation than it certainly was last year. And that doesn't mean the Trubisky move was bad because of the rest of that's true. I think Watson made even made even a bad decision by going to Cleveland because yeah, they're in a better situation and he's better, but Cleveland will Cleveland it up at some point. Trubisky will be a Cordell Stewart type of player. What a comment. That might be the way to end it here. I don't know about that. Uh, no, 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 no. I can't deny the situation about the, Q, the QB situation in the division. Look, I'm happy the Browns got Watson, puts pressure on the Steelers to sign an elite defensive player. Again, I know you guys all went through on Matthew like you want Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if I'd bank on it, but this is certainly a better Steelers team. Miles Jack was a big, that was a great addition. That was a big move. That's an underrated move. You're going to figure that out this year. And Trubisky does give the Steelers a better QB situation. It was a good addition, uh, even though some want to hate on it, but they do have the worst QB situation right now in the division, unless, as I've already said, and I'll leave you with this, Unless <laughs> with Case Keenan being traded and they bring in Jacoby Brissett, I get it. And he fits more in. They don't have to change the offense. But unless Deshaun Watson has to be suspended and they lose all those games and they start so far behind. Okay. Ben Roethlisberger was suspended without being charged. You can get suspended for just embarrassing the shield. Even if you didn't do anything wrong, just you're in a bad situation. And it was wrong place, wrong time. Bad for you. Embarrasses us. You're suspended. That's the NFL bar. Okay. It's so low. So Ben was suspended without being charged. Why not Deshaun Watson? In fact, I almost guarantee it'll happen. And it might be more games than Ben sat out because of this era and because of the peer pressure and because of the society that we're living in and because of social media and because of everything that's going on now that wasn't there when Ben sat out those games and dealt with, he dealt with. So Ben Roethlisberger was suspended without being charged. Deshaun Watson will get suspended without being charged. He'll eventually play for the Browns and make them better, but will they win those games without him? Will Jacoby Brissett be enough without him? The offense will be similar from what they dealt with in camp, but will it be enough without him? Will they be starting so far behind? Can Trubisky be good enough if they have a two or three game cushion over the Browns because of the Watson suspension? Yeah, who knows? Right now, if we're talking Watson, Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Trubisky, Trubisky would be the worst. The Steelers have the worst QB situation as we stand. But Watson could very well still be suspended despite not being indicted, not being charged. Ben certainly was. That is the standard. It is just embarrassing the shield. You don't need the legal part of it. You don't need him charged. You don't need him certainly dealing with a court case to suspend. So I would certainly expect something to happen to Deshaun Watson and for him to miss that beginning of the year. And will the Browns get so far behind the eight ball, despite the rest of their talent, with him gone, that it will give the Steelers that advantage? We then will see. That'll do it. So sorry to the rest of you. I do see here some more comments. There's still tons more in cap space. I get again by assigning that big defensive player. If they do that, by the way, that might, might change a lot what I've said at this point. That might maybe make the team that can win a playoff game or so because that would be a stud. And that is how you answer all these elite QBs, even though you don't have one. Good situation. Could be better. They still have tons of needs. You look to the draft. The Steelers have done a solid job of improving this team so far this offseason, the best they can do realistically. But there's more time. There's more money. There's the draft. There's more to do. There's more work to do. Their work is by far not done in any way. So that'll do it again for this edition of the show. Subscribe if you haven't already. I appreciate all of you in the chat. Join me again when I do this again. Sorry if I didn't get to your comments or questions to this point. We had a lot of action, which I am very happy with. I thought it maybe would be dead here on a madness Sunday, but the madness is upon us, but that madness is NFL news. Okay. 
spring is in the air, the madness is upon us, and that means you're smelling football and there's NFL madness around you, okay? The NFL just never sleeps again. I'm Mike Oste. Subscribe to the channel. Follow us over there at Steelers Now. Hit us up, SteelersNow.com for our Steelers and NFL offseason coverage. And then, of course, as we get to the draft.